Hello, landing page optimization listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash. Next time you browse through iTunes or the Google Play Store on your smartphone, make sure to land on and download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app. Listen to new episodes of LPO every Monday or catch up on all the interviews featuring me speaking with the best and brightest conversion thought leaders of today. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile apps in the iTunes Store or via Google Play today. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week... Uh, my guest is Richard Bamfield, the CEO of, and founder of Fresh Tilled Soil. They're digital experience designers, and uh, Richard uh, you know, had a, uh, a great performance as a keynote at one of our recent conversion conferences. So uh, welcome to the show, Richard. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Uh, so digital experience designer. Now, uh, I think that one's you're going to have some explaining to do. Tell me what you mean by that. <laughs> what does what your agency do? Sure. Well, obviously, we are, uh, we're designing digital products like websites and applications and mobile apps. Uh, but what we try and bring to it is a bit of a strategic edge where we're looking at the overall experience. We're trying to connect the dots between the different modalities, the different devices, and make sure that we're not leaving anything out. So that's why we, we like to call ourselves experience designers. Well, you know, that's that... And so kind of end to end. Yeah, well, that that brings up a good point, which is that um, a lot of times these days people are talking about, well, should I do a, you know, I should, should it be a website? Should it be a mobile app? Uh, should it be, um, you know, kind of a responsive design? Um, you know, and so what, what's your answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the answer that nobody wants to hear and that it depends, right? So it depends on... <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, it's ultimately going to depend on what your audience wants. If your audience is at the gym and they need to access your app while they're doing push-ups, you're going to have a completely different experience than if they're sitting at home on the couch uh, watching TV and just, you know, browsing through on their tablet. So I think it really depends on who the, who the human being is and what they're doing and what their experience is expected to be, and you can build from that. Okay, so for example... Yeah. So, for example, if you like you say, if you have a um, uh, an app that's used repeatedly and frequently um, and on the go, for example, uh, you know, Uber is having some success right now. So kind of that that uh, car uh, or taxi replacement service, I guess, you know, then then that you really do need a dedicated mobile app. But can you talk about when you need an app versus uh, when you would need just a kind of a, a, a mobile web version of your of your product or your or your website. Yeah, you know, if uh, if you're in a situation where you're not online and you need to be accessing information or data or some kind of some part of the experience while you're offline, then you're definitely going to need a native app. So a good example of that is a client of ours that has a. Um, a service that allows people to connect with personal trainers. And when they're in the gym, they're not always getting the best connection, but they still need to log those hours. They still need to find out what the best way to do that exercise is. Or maybe if they're looking at a particular 
um, piece of information about their food their food plan, they need to access that information when they're offline. So in those rare situations, I would highly recommend a native app. But for the most part, we're pretty connected. There's a lot of wireless out there. There's a lot of cool stuff that's connecting us. So I'd say that the majority of our clients are going to get away with a responsive design solution. Okay. Uh, and, you know, so, so what I'm hearing you say is basically if you need to store state of some sort of history of your interactions or to do some kind of computations or logging of information when you're offline or, you know, on the uh, random places. If, you, if you're if you a trail runner, you're going to be out of cell phone coverage on the trail, for example, and you, but you still need to record all that. So that's got to be native app stuff, right? Everything else, you can pretty much count on uh, wireless connectivity. Exactly. Yeah, that, that kind of nails it. So it really depends on who's using it and how they're using it. And that's going to ter- determine what the path is for your development and your design. Okay, so let's let's switch gears to this kind of uh, the whole notion of um, responsive design. Now, um, I have some strong opinions about it. You guys, you know, swim in that in those waters all day long. Um, in in practice, what I've seen, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, ninety five percent of uh, the time. Again, I hope this is not what you guys do, but 95% of the time, it just means giant fonts, a website that's one of those single-page websites with different sections as you thumb scroll up and down. And, um, you know, if you have multiple columns, they get skinnied down to one column on a, on a smartphone. In other words, it's just reformatting the information. It's not even fundamentally rethinking the experience. Is that your experience of what's going on out there in reality right now and what people are calling, quote, unquote, responsive these days? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are just, you know, explaining the fact that they've got this dumbed down version of their website as responsive, where in fact, what the true nature of responsive is, is building a solution that's going to be right for that particular thing that you're doing. So when we worked with Walgreens on their responsive app, they were very clear to us about how that needed to be used. So if somebody was trying to find a Walgreens clinic or trying to set up an appointment with a doctor to get a flu shot or possibly even trying to get their prescription filled, those are very specific tasks. And we had to build conversion funnels and, and, and uh, user journeys that were going to be really relevant to that experience. Just dumbing down the website and turning it into an infinite scrolling piece of crap, that's not going to work for them. That We're going to get fired for that. So absolutely, we have to think about what... Yay, okay, well, I'm so, I'm so glad about that, to hear you say that. You know, there's, um, you know, the infinitely scrolling piece of crap. In fact, I think that's the, nec- the name of my next rock band when I form my next one. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, okay, thank you for that. So, so what, I, what I hear you saying, I'll put it kind of in another way, is that you have to fundamentally rethink the context and the specific tasks that people are going to be using a mobile website for and not include everything in the kitchen sink, just strip it down to be very effective for those specific tasks. Is that, is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, think about how you behave when you need to do something like that. Let's say you need a prescription filled. You're probably thinking about it at an inopportune time. You're driving. Maybe you're with the kids, you're at a soccer game, maybe you're watching a dance recital. It's never really when you're sitting on the couch and you've got tons of time. You, it's always that last minute thing. And that's when you reach for your smartphone and that's when you need it to work just like that, exactly as you anticipated. You don't want to have to scroll, you don't yeah, want to have so, to go and fix in. 
And and you 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 want uh, obviously there's there's the tactile part of it. Um, the, you know you have to have you can't just scale down your website and hope that they're they're nimble enough to tap a text link with the tip of their fingernail. I mean with their you know, their nail, right? You have to yeah. have um, obvious controls and obvious uh, large areas that that work. Uh, so you can't. So that also means you have to reduce it down to a very limited number of interactive areas on the screen. Right. So you want to you want to consider those fat finger moments when, you know, you're you, and I, you know I'm not endorsing that, but you know when you're driving with one hand and you've got the phone in the other hand, or maybe you're holding a kid in one <laughs> hand, you've got the phone in the other hand. You know, those are those honest. Uh, those fat fingered moments when we all have to deal with and you have to build for that. So, you know, building and then testing with a real audience to find out whether that's actually going to work is critical to making sure that you're going to deliver the right design. Why, Richard, what you just described is actually illegal in California, so I have never done that personally. (laughs) Of course you haven't. You know, I wasn't talking about you, you, you teetotaling you know, Angel. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that that part you got right. At least I don't drink and drive. Um, no, it wasn't it, your it wasn't your party that we were at at two in the morning after the conference, right? Well, I mean, uh, I I'm, I create a space for people to uh, interact. Um, you know, in after hour situations. That's that's <laughs> my job. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, okay, so so let's uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Hey, come on now. Uh, you can't razz the host here too much, anyway. No, that's my job. Uh, uh, no. Okay. So let let's talk a little bit about um, the difference between. There's still kind of in my mind a bit of a a fuzzy distinction between. Uh, I would say tablets, which have the screen resolution of at least 1024 these days, or sometimes much higher, and a web experience. When we design for the web, we typically say you know kind of minimum width uh, has to be you know fit into a 1024 script or something like that. But what are the kind of context or uh, other differences between using a tablet and using a, a, a you know, a website or a laptop screen? Um, you know, even, even if the resolution is the same, should the experience be the same? Uh, that's a really good consideration. And, you know, the, one of the things that we've seen from the research is that there's very little substitution. So let's say you are an owner of a desktop, a laptop, a TV, a smartphone, and you decide to go out and get a tablet as well. What the initial assumption would have been would be that you have to create a completely separate experience for each of those modalities. Um, what we're seeing is people using this, what we call the non-substitution effect. So they'll be sitting on their couch with the TV on, with their smartphone next to them and a tablet on their lap, and they'll be doing all three things at the same time. So they'll be interacting with all of those devices. So what you have to then consider is, what are you doing to enhance that experience with those different modalities? Are you, are you enabling the purchase or the interaction with better design or better interaction, or are you just replicating it? Because if you're replicating it, you might be missing out on an opportunity and leaving money on the table. I want to explore that a little bit uh, you know, deeper uh, after our break. I think we have a break coming up. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. 
Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. You rely on your website to promote your business. And while you're busy doing what you love, you need a site that can keep up. GoDaddy Web Hosting is built from the ground up for lightning speed, reliability, and rock-solid performance. It includes over 150 free apps like WordPress and Drupal to build and manage your site. And with 99.9% uptime and industry-leading load times, you never have to worry if your site is up and running. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code HOSTFM to get web hosting for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Our hosts, James and Arlene Martell, are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Affiliate Buzz, on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. I'm continuing my conversation with Richard Banfield, the CEO and founder of Fresh Tilled Soil. Richard, so before the break, we were talking about this kind of um, substitution effect or multiple screens. Uh, I mean, I see my kids doing it. They'll be playing on a, an iPad while watching TV. Uh, I think I'd go a little batty if I tried to do that. But um, so, so talk a little bit more about, okay, so how would a tablet experience specifically be different than a laptop experience or, or a you know, desktop experience? So uh, some of the research that came out of the e-commerce guys, uh, Amazon in particular, showed that people that are sitting in front of the TV with a tablet are more likely to make a purchase than somebody that's sitting with a laptop. Now, I'm not 100% sure why, but I would guess that it's because a laptop is often associated with things like email, work, word processing, all that kind of stuff, whereas a tablet is often 
associated with things like browsing, shopping, um, and playing games. So I think that because of the mindset that the, the, um, the tablet puts you in, you're predisposed to be in a shopping or transaction mood, whereas in the laptop mood, you're doing other things. You're doing work-related stuff, so task-related stuff. Um, okay, so, I, so basically, un- unless you're at work, you know, you don't really want to reach for that laptop. It's it's a thing you're forced to do. It's that, oh, gee, I really should check my email one more time before I head off to bed kind of thing. It's not something, it's like going to the dentist. It's not something you want to do when you're at home. Right, right. Yeah, and I think um, the research that I saw came also out of The Guardian. Uh, they saw that people were looking at these different devices at different times of the day. So they weren't taking out one device to substitute it with another. They were just adding new devices. So first thing in the morning, they'd roll over and grab the smartphone, look at the headlines maybe, look at the, uh, the, you know, the information that they needed, you know, their calendar, the weather. But at the breakfast table, they were holding on to their tablet and looking at more deeper information, so long-form articles. And this is very important for landing page and content conversion when during the day are people accessing which device and which piece of content because that's going to make a big difference to how you deliver your messaging in the morning it's quick and easy stuff followed by some long form yeah, stuff yeah so so busy. carry on yeah yeah and so you so you just kind of as you go deeper into the day you you're ready for kind of deeper more meaningful uh engagement not just casual stuff and then when you come out of the work day you go you revert back to kind of more casual mode if you will so so that says you know a lot of times when we look at web analytics one of the things we do is to say what proportion of you know user sessions are by certain device types but that just looks at them uh, you know, across the whole day or whatever time period you're measuring. And what you're saying is you really should be looking at intraday data and seeing what proportion of devices are being used at what times of the day. Absolutely. That is, you, you've nailed it right there. It's not just about the day of the week and the device. It's what they're doing at what part of the day that's going to optimize the best possible experience for your message or your particular ad to get to them and have them uh, be targeted at the right time. Well, okay, well, that's, you know, we were talking about kind of the extending the reach with mobile devices, unwired stuff, smaller devices that we can put in our pockets or our purses. So, I mean, the kind of the logical evolution of this is towards things like Google Glass or, you know, or actually the, the logical evolution is more like, you know, seven of nine on Star Trek where we're going to become kind of a part of the board collective. Uh, uh, <laughs> do you see that kind of future coming down the pike and how soon? Uh, I do see that future changing. We did some work with Intel around uh, the AR work that uh, they foresee in wearable devices, especially things like Google Glass. I think it's a little far off for us to be super excited around about it now, but we certainly are looking at it from uh, seriously as a, as a future consideration. Um, I think what we need to understand mostly is how is this going to improve the overall experience? Because... If anybody's worn glass, they'll know that it's not an improvement. It's uh, a distraction. It can be, uh, you know, associated with, uh, with you know, people's perception of who that person might be. So that you know, there's a geeky factor to it. Um, so we, I think it's important. You know, we're going to have to see these things evolve to being more stylistically connected to who we are as people and what that means to the message that we're receiving through those devices. 
Yeah, well, that also brings up, uh, for example, Google recently, I think, purchased a company or is in, uh, doing R&D around wearable contact lenses where the information is projected onto the inside of a contact lens and is not even visible to anybody else that you're wearing any kind of device. So, uh, I mean, eventually these things are getting miniaturized, they're getting embedded, they're getting to the point where they're undetectable to others, right? So the geekiness factor goes away pretty quickly, I would think. Yeah, and I, I see that stuff being the the big breakthrough when it's commercially available. Right now, that stuff is still a couple of years off. Uh, we've seen some big advances in the last few years, so it's not that far off. But from a commercial standpoint, you know, guys like you and I are not going to be able to use that stuff in our uh, strategies, and you know, probably for the next two three years. Right, which is actually a pretty short time frame. So, you, so you really should be kind of thinking about it. And I think one of the things that you're a big fan of, and and I am as well, with with my background, is is talking about kind of the human scale. And we're you know we're mounting on uh, this all on the wetware and uh, you know all this hardware and software is going on top of the wetware operating system and our bodies and doing things at human <laughs> scale, right? Uh, so yeah. you know, so so when when we do have, uh, for example, very accurate voice recognition and behind it some you know, kind of semantic understanding of what we're saying in real time, and when we do have sensors and augmented reality that are you know kind of part of our body and omnipresent, um, how do you design for that world? What are some basic well, principles or that you can apply? Well, like you said, you know, this is something that you and I are particularly passionate about. It all boils down to biology. You know, we've been crafted in a form not by accident, but because that form works. The way that our body and mind works together, the way that we move, the way that we seek each other out, all the socializations, those things have been around for millennia. Maybe, you know, I mean, it goes back as far as life on Earth. And that has to be considered at every step of the way. So we're very deeply considering things like the emotional impact and the, the thought processes and the actions that people need to take at a physical level in order to understand how those things are going to affect us. You know, what exactly do they want to achieve? How are they going to get closer to the people around them? Are they going to feel better about themselves? Those things cannot be overlooked. It's not just an aesthetic thing. It's not just about making the the apps and the websites pretty and attractive, that's almost meaningless when you consider just how deeply wired we are to connect with other people and how much of our biology is dedicated to that. So, you know, that's where you have to start. You have to start with the human biology and you, you've got to work up from that. Yeah, so basically what I hear you saying is that it's not just, you know, like a heads-up display that you'd have for a highly trained uh, jet fighter pilot that gives them the necessary information that really it has to be fused into our our social natures. Do you think this is going to maybe give, uh, pardon me, uh, pardon the pun, uh, second life to virtual reality environments like Second Life, uh, which never really took off? Uh, you know, once that stuff gets realistic, uh, are we going to be able to project avatars of ourselves remotely to other folks? I know I'm getting a little Star Wars here, but any thoughts along those lines? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel pretty strongly that that's ultimately where we're going to end up. I, I think it'll look a little less like Star Wars and a lot more like it does in just in your day-to-day -day life. I think that people will still seek out, you know, their 
personal identities. They'll wear the clothes they want to wear in order to identify them as a certain group or attractive to other people. So I don't think that fashionably we're not going to start to look like the the characters in Star Wars, but we are definitely going to start to venture into those virtual realities on a more regular basis. So we're going to take vacations uh, by, you know, <laughs> taking a visit to Bora Bora via some virtual reality machine. I don't think that's too far off at all. Yeah, there's still nothing like actually being in the water off Bora Bora. Speaking of which, uh, bef- when we come back from our next commercial break, I understand that you are, uh, you know, cast away in the middle of the Indian Ocean for a year. I, I want to hear more about that. That's kind of an unusual life experience. So, so uh, what was that beach volleyball that uh, Tom Hanks had in that movie? Oh, Wilson, Wilson, I think yeah. you named it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, I want to hear about your Wilson moment when we come back. Cool. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. The balance of power is shifting, and in some cases, affiliates are growing larger than the brands they represent. Stay ahead of this and other trends with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. On demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And before the break, we were just uh, talking with Richard Bamfield about his uh, castaway in the, on a small, well, almost deserted island in the middle of the Indian Ocean. What's that like? Tell us about what happened and why you were there. So I went on vacation to this place called the Islamic Republic of the Comores, uh, which had previously been a French colony. They, this, island, this group of islands, there's four of them, are literally in the middle of nowhere. And um, I, while I was on vacation there, the guy that ran the water sports at the local hotel asked me if I wanted to stick around. And, uh, yeah, I spent the rest of the year teaching people how to scuba dive and uh, taking sunset cruises and water skiing, which uh, sounds absolutely fantastic until you have to do it every single day. So, you know, imagine it's 110 degrees, uh, 100% humidity, and you're working from 6 in the morning to 8, 9 o'clock at night, seven days a week. It was brutal. So uh, it, it really did feel like I was a castaway on an island, but uh, had some wonderful experiences, managed to spend a night in an active volcano as well. Um, so I kind of ticked off a bunch of things on my bucket list while I was out there. Okay, so what I hear you saying is that even paradise isn't paradise if you're forced to do something for a living, right? Exactly. Yeah, you've got, you got to have some kind of end game where you've got to get on a plane and leave eventually. <laughs> well, I found actually the same thing with my art and photography. Uh, you know, when, when I create art for myself, uh, I derive great meaning and satisfaction. And if, you know, if someone says, hey, can you go and um, photograph my wedding as a favor to me because you're my friend, it actually becomes a chore and a lot of work. So I'm with you there. Right. Um, right. The, ri- the rise of the leisure class. So we should just do things to, for our soul. <laughs> Yeah, it, the, uh, the creative class needs a creative exit as well. Exactly. Okay, so uh, back to a little bit uh, more of our mundane online marketing reality. So if you had to come up with a couple of quick tips that um, would help folks, you know, obviously listening to this program really deeply care about conversion, what are some of the, the big gotchas or things that you'd, you'd have them thinking about as they create high converting experiences? You know, I think, um, you know, I, I don't want this to sound self-promoting, but you've got to find an expert to work with. You know, you don't, you don't go and do your own surgery. You certainly don't want to represent yourself at, at, in a courtroom. You always rely on professionals to help you get through those important moments. And if you're building a business, you've got to find an expert. I think that somebody who understands how to build experiences, uh, craft the best-looking landing pages and, and websites – and make sure that those people are also reaching out to your customers, that you're doing user research, that you're getting the voice of the customer into that process. Otherwise, you're really just, uh, you know, excuse my language, bullshitting yourself. You know, you, you're, you're just telling yourself stories to make yourself happy. Um, you have to get the voice of the customer in there. Even if you don't like what they say, they are going to tell you something that's going to be valuable. So, you know, those would be my two big pieces of advice. Get a professional, get an expert, and make sure you're talking to your customers. Yeah, and because I, I, I often ask this when I speak in front of online marketing audiences, you know, how, how many of you have spoken to an actual end user of your service or product in the last month and a shockingly small proportion of the hands go up because we're all in the echo chamber dealing with other online marketers or people inside of our company to get things done. But um, it's really amazing how far removed from the 
the reality of our audience we are. It's true. And I think it's, um, it's something that will never change. I think there's always probably going to be a small percentage of us who, who reach out and, and get the real news from the people that matter. And I think uh, that gives us the advantage. And as long as people are uh, na- navel-gazing and listening to their own advice, they, you know, they're going to be making mistakes. And that gives everybody else the opportunity to get an edge on them. So, you know, I think um, on the one hand, I'm delighted that more people are getting, uh, getting around to doing that stuff. But on the other hand, it also, you know, it's that, it's that 1% that gives the, the, the premium guys an advantage over everybody else because we're willing to do the hard work of getting out there and talking to people. Yes. Uh, so I think that uh, dealing with specialized experts, uh, like you mentioned, uh, is, is, is important. And uh, certainly the notion of including the voice of the customer in both quantitative and qualitative ways. I want to do a quick shout out for a website that we maintain for the industry. It's called the Conversion Ninja Toolbox. And we've listed a whole ecosystem of companies we're aware of in the conversion improvement space, including um, you know, a lot of qualitative user testing type of stuff, as well as quantitative, uh, you know, testing tools and other kinds of companies that do that sort of thing. So uh, check it out, conversionninjatoolbox.com. I think at last count, we had about 600 companies catalog. Um, so that's a good starting point, probably. Uh, Richard, any um, if people want to hear you speak or reach out to you, are you going to be at any uh, upcoming conferences or, or what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is either on my Twitter handle, which is Fresh Tilled Soil, uh, or uh, visit our blog, read what we've got to say. We also have a podcast called The Dirt, which you'll find on our blog as well. And we have about, uh, I think, about three or four guys <laughs> speaking on various topics around the country this year. Uh, again, that's listed. We have an event section on our, on our website, and uh, all of the speaking events are listed there. So um, just go to freshtilledsoil.com. You'll find everything you need. Well, fantastic. And uh, loyal listeners, by the time this airs, uh, we will have passed our last U.S. Chicago conversion conferences for 2014. We are now resetting to a mega show, big annual show format for the U.S. So uh, stay tuned and catch us in Las Vegas in the middle of May in of 2015. That's going to be our next U.S. show, our big new reset mega show. Uh, Richard, I want to thank you again for for being on the podcast and uh, loyal listeners, we'll see you on the flip side. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.